0: This hearing will come to order. I want to welcome uh, our nominees. Uh, And before moving to opening statements, I'd like to welcome our two esteemed uh, colleagues, uh, Senator Stabenow, and and I'll include uh, Senator Graham in the esteem column as well. Uh, Senator Stabenow will uh, introduce our nominee to be Ambassador of the Netherlands, uh, Peter Hextra. And Senator, if you'd like to give your opening introduction.
1: Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman. And it's a uh, really a great honor and pleasure to be here today to introduce a f- former colleague. We've worked together on many issues. We've also been on the other side of the the table uh, versus each other. And yet, through all of that, uh, I know that uh, Congressman Pete Hoekstra uh, proudly represented Michigan's second congressional district for 18 years. And I think it's fair to say that there are few people more suited to serve as the US ambassador to the Netherlands than Pete Hoekstra. You could even say it's a job he was born to do. Pete was born in the Netherlands. When he was three, his family moved to, and you guessed it, Holland, Michigan, (laughs) where he still lives with his wife, Diane. And like all good Dutchmen, Pete loves biking. While campaigning for governor of Michigan, he rode a thousand miles around our very beautiful state. His Dutch background isn't the only qualification Pete would bring to the job of ambassador. Before he was elected to Congress, Pete earned an MBA from the University of Michigan and rose to the ranks at Michigan's own Herman Miller, eventually serving as vice president of marketing. And while in Congress, Pete was chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, which gave him foreign policy experience that will serve him well as ambassador. And as former Michigan Senator Arthur Vandenberg famously said in his picture, we are proud to have in the reception room of the United States Senate. He said, politics stops at the water's edge. And they also stop at the shores of our Great Lakes. It's true that Pete Holkstra and I don't always agree, but we feel the same way about our wonderful state of Michigan, uh, about invasive species, which we've tackled together, uh, and about our country. Pete cares deeply about Michigan, he cares deeply about the Netherlands, and he cares deeply about America. I have no doubt he will use his experience and connections to strengthen the already strong ties between our two great countries, and it will be good for our state to have him serving in this prominent international role. I look forward to supporting his nomination, and I hope that he'll get the chance to do some biking around the Hague. (laughs) I'm honored to introduce Congressman Pete Hoekstra. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank thank you,
0: Senator Stabenow. Now now we'll have, uh, please have Senator Graham. Lindsey Graham, who will introduce the president's nominee to be U.S. ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein, Mr. Edward McMullen.
2: Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman and ranking member, and I want to echo everything that Senator Stabenow said about Pete. I've known him a long time, and it's really a compliment to you that the president would choose you for such an important post. Ed McMullen, I've known uh, ever since I've been in politics. If you can survive South Carolina politics, you can handle Switzerland. Uh, (laughs) To the people of Switzerland... I can tell you that the president has picked one of his closest advisors, the chairman of his South Carolina campaign, somebody who jumped on the Trump train early and has done it with class and style. So when Mr. McMullen speaks, the president will listen, and I think that's a compliment to the people of Switzerland. Uh, to Ed himself, he was an advisor to uh, uh, Senator McCain when he first ran for president. He's been enormously helpful to me, and he helped President Trump. I doubt if many people can say those three things. And he's done it with class, loyalty, and one of the greatest uh, attributes of any ambassador. I think, is loyalty and understanding and the ability to get people to work together. Uh, He will be a great representative for our nation to one of our most important allies. Uh, he's been in business for over 30 years, he's uh, McMullen Public Affairs, he worked for the Heritage Foundation in Washington, the South Carolina Policy Council, he's alumnus of the American Swiss Foundation Young Leaders Conference, has traveled extensively in Switzerland and Italy, and uh, he will be a good representative for the two countries that you have just mentioned, Switzerland and Liechtenstein. He is a uh, uh, was in charge of Governor McMaster's transition team, he was the Vice Chairman of uh, the Presidential Inaugural Committee. Uh, He's receiving numerous awards in South Carolina. He's been a great conservative, but I want to tell my friends on the Democratic side that everyone respects Ed McMullen. He is someone who enjoys a lot of sport in our state. His lovely wife, Margaret Ann, is here today. Thomas and Catherine are very proud of his two children. He's a graduate of Hampton City College, hampton Sydney College in Virginia, uh, Senator Kane <laughs> he now serves as Vice Chairman and chair, Chairman elect the National Alumni Association and just in conclusion, I want to thank President Trump for allowing Ed to serve in a capacity that he is incredibly qualified for, and the people of South Carolina this is a real treat for us, small state having (coughs) someone recognized by the president for such an important position. So I cannot recommend to you more strongly Mr. McMullen. He's ready for this job, and thank you very much, Mr. Chairman.
0: Well, the committee wants to thank the senators for those kind introductions. I I know you have busy schedules, so you're welcome to stay, but you just can't stay there because we need those seats. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, the committee gathers today to consider the nominations of ambassadorships to Spain, Germany, France, the Netherlands, and Switzerland and Liechtenstein. The United States has close relations with these countries based on enduring political, economic, defense, and cultural ties. Spain, Germany, France, and the Netherlands represent four of the European Union's top six economies. Together, they account for approximately half of the EU's economic strength. Switzerland has Europe's ninth-largest economy and is a member of the European Free Trade Association. All five are among the top 30 trading partners of the United States, and collectively, they have direct investments in the U.S. economy worth $1.1 trillion. So you can see these are important relationships. Our security ties are no less significant. France, Spain, Germany, and the Netherlands are leading members of NATO. Switzerland is a vital counterterrorism partner, helping the United States dismantle terrorist financial support networks. The strengths of these partnerships have helped forge an unprecedented era of peace and stability on a continent long ravaged by the great power of conflict. As the highest representative of the United States of these countries, you will be tasked with maintaining and strengthening these crucial relationships. Again, I want to thank all the nominees for uh, accepting this responsibility, being able to serve. Uh, It's a sacrifice. Uh, It's going to be a sacrifice for you and your family. And uh, having spoken and uh, met with all of you, I- I'm sure you represent this nation well. And bef- uh, before I introduce the nominees for their opening statements, I'd like to recognize the distinguished ranking member for this committee, Senator Murphy.
3: Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. look forward to hearing your testimony and getting to questions and answers. Let me um, reiterate uh, the chairman's thanks uh, to you uh, and to your families for your willingness to serve. Uh, When there is a problem in the world uh, that needs the United States leadership to solve it, uh, the first place we turn is to Europe. Uh, This is a bond forged both by enduring values uh, and interests around the world, and you are going to uh, help, we hope, solidify a transatlantic partnership that has uh, helped lead to an era of relative world stability. That we hope can endure. You are going to face challenges. Uh, You will be working for an administration uh, that cheered Britain's withdrawal from the European Union, that pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Accord, that now threatens to pull the United States out of the US EU led Iran nuclear agreement. This is a very perilous moment for the transatlantic relationship because of the policies. Uh, of this administration. Uh, you are going to uh, both have the responsibility of soothing those tensions and reporting back accurately to this administration what people in Europe think uh, about the president's policies. Uh, but we are very glad uh, that you've chosen to take uh, this responsibility, and we look forward to your testimony today.
0: Thanks, Senator Murphy. Again, we, we welcome the nominees. We certainly welcome their family, and I encourage you in your opening statements to introduce family members that are in the audience. Uh, our first nominee is the Honorable Peter Hextra. Uh, Peter is the President's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to the Netherlands. Mr. Hextra is a politician and business executive who served in Congress from 1993 to 2011, representing Michigan's second district. He was chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence from 2004 to 2007, and the ranking Republican on the committee until 2011. Mr. Hextra continues to be active on public policy issues and in business affairs as a consultant, researcher, and writer. Mr. Hextra.
4: Thank you, Senator, or Chairman Johnson, and good to be with you, Ranking Member Murphy and other distinguished members of the committee. It's an honor to be with you today. I'm deeply appreciative of, you know, the nomination that President Trump has provided to me to be the ambassador to the Kingdom of the Netherlands. Obviously, with your concurrence and approval, I look forward to beginning my work uh, in the Netherlands and once again serving the people of the United States of America. As all of us who have served in public office know, uh, we could never get there without the support of of many other people. Today I'm joined by my wife of 42 years, uh, Diane, uh, right here. And also I've had the support of my my children and my daughter-in-law for the 18 years that I spent in Congress. We all know the frustrations and the joys that a family can go through when, uh, you know, their father or their mother is called Congressman or senator, but for our family, it has been a richly rewarding experience, and we look forward to the opportunity to serve again. I'm also deeply appreciative of the kind words from Senator Stabenow, uh, and the support that I'm also receiving from some, from Gary Peters. I maybe could stop right now and say, you know. I can't add anything more. I can only do damage to what uh, uh, the the very, very kind words that Senator Stabenow provided. As she said, uh, in Michigan, we know that politics stops at the water's edge, whether that's Lake Michigan or whether that's the Atlantic. Uh, That's how we always thought and we always uh, had the opportunity to work together. And when we disagreed, uh, it was never on a personal basis. And uh, we always remained friends and respected each other obviously this is a special opportunity for me. I'm a native-born Dutchman. My par- I was born in the Netherlands in 1953. Uh, my parents immigrated in 1956. Uh, you know, the, uh, my parents were liberated by American and Canadian troops uh, during World War II. Uh, so they had that fondness uh, and appreciation for America. But you know, packing up three kids and moving to uh, this country is a wonderful opportunity, uh, and it was a leap of faith. Uh, my, ma- my parents made the commitment that they would become Americans. Uh, they actually changed the names of one, they changed the name of one of their kids because they wanted to make sure that uh, he would be fully able to integrate uh, into American society uh, and become an American. We lived the American dream. My dad ran a small bakery. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Their kids all had the opportunity to go to college, and 36 years after immigrating to the United States, they had the opportunity to see their son get sworn into Congress. Uh, American has, it was all that they had hoped for, and for all of us, it has become our home. The opportunity to go back and represent the United States, it's it's a humbling opportunity. Uh, the The Netherlands was the second country to formally recognize this newly born country in 1782. Uh, so this is truly a unique and unbroken relationship. The con- Dutch have continued their strong economic ties. They're the, one of the top investor foreign investors in the United States. We have a trade surplus with them of roughly $24 billion per year. They're a strong military ally. They supported us in our war for independence. They've supported us in the war in Afghanistan. 25 uh, Dutch soldiers have sacrificed their lives in Afghanistan. And obviously, obviously that's an important relationship with the threats that we face today, whether it's terrorism, the threat from Russia, and other unnamed threats that we may face in the future. It's hard to find an ally that has been more dedicated and consistent uh, than what the Dutch have been. Obviously, if provided with the opportunity, it will be my job to manage that relationship and leave it stronger and better than what we've been inherited. Our, we stand on the work of, you know, hundreds and thousands uh, of people that have built this relationship over 200 years. Uh, The proud professionals in our foreign service I had the opportunity to meet with many of them uh, when I was on the Intelligence Committee. I respect their work. Uh, I've relied on their foreign intelligence experience, uh, and I will in the future. Uh, They are truly amazing people. I recognize the obligation of implementing the strategies and policies of the United States. These policies are established in Washington, D.C. I recognize the responsibility to the President, I recognize my responsibility to the Secretary of State, but as a person of the House, I also recognize my responsibility to the Congress of the United States, and I pledge that I will work faithfully uh, and hopefully effectively with both the House and the Senate. With your approval, I look forward to once again having the opportunity to serve this great country. Thank you very much for your time, and I look forward to answering any questions you may have.
0: Thank you Congressman Holkstra. Our next nominee is Mr. Richard Duke Buchan and Mr. Buchan is the President's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to Spain. Mr. Buchan is the founder and CEO of Hunter Global Investors LP. He and his family own and manage farms that grow over 100 varieties of heirloom vegetables and raise horses. He is active in a number of educational and philanthropic causes. Mr. Buchan established the University of North Carolina's largest single endowment focused on Spanish languages, literature and culture. Mr. Buchan.
5: Thank you. And thank you, Mr. Chairman and distinguished members of the committee. And a special thanks to Senator Johnson, again, for your, your introduction and support. It's a great honor to appear before this distinguished committee. I am deeply grateful to President Trump and humbled to be his nominee to serve as the United States Ambassador to the Kingdom of Spain and the Principality of Andorra. If confirmed, I will work tirelessly to represent the interests of the United States of America and to further enhance our strong partnerships with these two great nations. Each of us has followed a unique path to public service. As a 10th generation North Carolinian who grew up on a tobacco and cattle farm, I know that I'm here because of the people and the land that nurtured me. I would like to recognize those in attendance today from my family, my amazing wife, Hannah, they're all behind me, my three dear children, Kate, Bo, and John, and my charming and insightful mother, Betty. My father is here in spirit. I would also like to take a moment to remember my grandmother who taught me that I have two ears and I have one mouth and that I should use them accordingly. And that lesson has served me well in life so far. If confirmed, I look forward to joining the extraordinary team from the State Department led by Secretary Tillerson. The talented staff of the U.S. Mission to Spain works diligently to serve our great nation. I want to recognize their families who serve alongside them with equal honor, dedication, and commitment. My career in international finance has focused on building bridges often between diverse individuals and groups, to bring out the best in others to solve problems. I hope to apply those skills leading Mission Spain. Global engagement is vital to America's success. My three decades of work in Spain, other European countries, Latin America, and Asia have taught me the importance of listening to and learning from others to forge solutions. If confirmed, this experience and international perspective will be vital to my role as a U.S. ambassador. This opportunity to serve my country is a dream come true. I have loved Spain since my childhood, when I first read about that faraway land of Don Quixote and Picasso in the World Book Encyclopedia. In 1980, as an eager and curious high school student, I first convinced my parents to let me study abroad in Valencia, Spain. At the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, I double majored in Spanish and economics, studying an entire academic year in Seville, Spain. In the years since, my family has worked to strengthen ties to Spain and Latin American countries by establishing the Buchan Excellence Fund which was previously mentioned. is UNC's single largest endowment focused on Spanish languages, literature, and culture. It embodies my conviction that knowledge, understanding, and above all, human connections are the keys to success in business, diplomacy, and life. As a family, we have a deep appreciation and respect and love for the Spanish people and culture. It is only surpassed by a love for the United States of America. Excuse me, one minute. Sadly, Spain, like America, has, fought, has faced terror attacks at home, most recently in Barcelona. As we share their grief, we deeply admire their resolve in the face of evil. Spain also understands this is a global conflict, bravely committing blood and treasure to combat combat terror around the world. It is a significant contributor to NATO, EU, and UN peacekeeping missions. For over 60 years, Spain has been a welcoming host to our military. Rota Naval Station and Morón Air Base are essential for major coalition operations in the fight against terrorism. We thank the Spanish government and people for their support. If confirmed, I will work to strengthen these historic ties as we confront our common enemies. As I know firsthand from my years as a global investor, Spain is a vital economic partner. The United States and Spain generated $24 billion in two-way trade in 2016. Spain is our ninth largest source of foreign direct investment. U.S. subsidiaries of Spanish firms employ more than 80,000 U.S. workers. My career has been built on finding and pursuing opportunities. If confirmed, I will strive to increase Spanish investment in the U.S. and to increase opportunities for U.S. businesses in Spain. Our human connections to Spain are deep and meaningful stretching back to before the founding of our republic. Over 2 million Americans traveled to Spain last year to explore its rich culture and beautiful landscape. Approximately 770,000 Spaniards visit the U.S. each year, spending about $1.7 billion. More than 200,000 Americans live in Spain. If confirmed, the safety and security of these American citizens will be a top priority. We can also rely on Spain to share our broader geopolitical interests. Spain has been a reliable backer of EU sanctions against Russia and North Korea. Spain is also an important partner in seeking democratic reforms in Venezuela. If confirmed, I will vigorously represent our policies to to ensure that the United States and Spain continue to work together closely. While I have spoken much of Spain, if confirmed, I will also represent the United States before the Principality of Andorra. Situated in the Pyrenees Mountains, this breathtaking country is also rich with history and culture. Andorra has been a reliable partner in key votes at the United Nations and other important international fora. It has taken great strides in diversifying its economy. The embassy works closely with our Andorran partners on educational exchanges and trade promotion. If confirmed, I will be honored to represent U.S. interest in the Principality of Andorra and to build our long friendship and close bilateral cooperation. Distinguished senators, I would like to thank you again for your time. I began by talking about our shared journey. My family and I have been blessed in so many ways. We owe so much to America. If you will honor me, I pledge to give my all to to strengthen and advance the partnership of our long-term and unwavering friends, Spain and Andorra. I welcome your comments, questions, and a continued relationship. Thank you, and God bless America.
0: Thank you, Mr. Buchanan. We would all do well to heed your grandmother's advice. Uh, Our next nominee is Mr. Richard Grinnell and Mr. Grinnell is the president's nominee to be U.S. ambassador to Germany. Mr. Grinnell is a foreign policy writer and commentator. He founded the international consulting firm Capital Media Partners in 2010. For nearly two decades, he has served as the primary communications advisor for public officials at the local, state, federal, and international levels, as well as for a Fortune 200 company. Mr. Grinnell is the longest-serving United States spokesman at the United States having served four U.S. ambassadors. Mr. Grinnell.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, ranking member and members of the committee. First, let me say that I greatly appreciate the time and commitment you all have made to serve the American people. I am thankful for the sacrifices you and your families have made throughout your tenure in public office. I would also like to express my gratitude to President Trump for his confidence in me. I am honored and humbled to be here today. The United States truly is the land of opportunity. The fact that I sit before you all today is a testament to this country's outstanding potential. This country has provided me with every opportunity, from my days growing up in Western Michigan to the life I've built with my partner in California. I owe so much to our great nation. With your consent, I pledge to return the favor. I pledge to serve this country in its interests with honor and distinction. I pledge to respect its constitution and I pledge to uphold its values, spreading our deeply held commitment to democracy, freedom, and human rights. With your consent, I will commit myself to the interests of this great nation on behalf of all Americans as the ambassador to the Federal Republic of Germany. All of us owe a great deal to those who helped us along the way. I am here today with my partner of 15 years, Matt Lacey. I want to publicly thank Matt for his many sacrifices, but most of all, for his incredible love and support. Throughout every challenge and opportunity that I've faced, including cancer, Matt has supported and encouraged me every step of the way. I would not be able to serve the president nor the American people without Matt's commitment by my side. Thank you. I must also add a thank you to my father who would have been sitting right next to Matt if he were alive today, and to my mom watching from Michigan. If confirmed, I would be honored to once again have the opportunity to serve at the State Department. For eight years, I served on the executive management team at the United States Mission to the United Nations, serving at the pleasure of four different, in fact, very different U.S. ambassadors. I know personally how stressful the arrival of a new ambassador can be for embassy and consulate staff. With your consent, I look forward to making that transition a smooth and enjoyable process for the many courageous and patriotic Americans serving their country throughout Germany. If confirmed, I will seek to deepen and strengthen the historic relationship between Washington and Berlin. Our two great nations share an unbreakable bond. And I look forward to strengthening these ties, while championing the values of diversity, transparency, and fairness. In addition to the embassy in Berlin and the five counselor offices, Germany is home to more than 30,000 American men and women serving in the U.S. military. If confirmed, I will make their safety and security a top priority. This past Sunday, the German people went to the polls and exercise their right to a representative government in a free and fair election. Chancellor Merkel is now negotiating to form a new government. Whatever the makeup of the new German governing coalition, I look forward to representing the American people as we deepen our powerful and unbreakable bond with the German people. If confirmed, I commit to broadening cooperation surrounding our shared goals of security and prosperity. As we seek to remain competitive and safe in an ever-changing world, we must look to strengthen those elements of friendship, which have so greatly benefited both nations. We must increase our trade and economic relationships, expand our information sharing, and find new innovative ways to strengthen our alliance and further the interests of peace around the world. But knowing that freedom isn't free, I will also commit to working with the Chancellor and the new governing coalition To increase the pace at which Germany moves to meet its commitments to NATO. But in doing so, I will reinforce to the German people our nation's commitment to a strong, united West. No other nation will disrupt this important bond that we share. I am honored to be here today at the pleasure of the President, and I look forward to answering your questions and hearing your suggestions.
0: Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Rignell. Our next nominee is Ms. Jamie McCourt. Ms. McCourt is the president's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to France. Ms. McCourt is an entrepreneur and attorney and has founded leading entrepreneurial enterprises in Los Angeles and Boston. She is a former co-owner, president, and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers. She also served as an adjunct professor at the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Ms. McCourt possesses a unique global perspective, having lived and worked both domestically and abroad in numerous industries, including sports, law, finance, education, and real estate. Ms. McCourt.
7: Thank you, Chairman Johnson, Ranking Member Murphy, and members of the committee. It is my great honor to be here today as President Trump's nominee to be the United States Ambassador to France and Monaco. I am extraordinarily grateful to the President for this opportunity to serve the American people as his envoy to our oldest and certainly one of our closest allies. Knowing I have not made this journey alone, I would like to take a moment to express my gratitude to my parents, who were first-generation Americans, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, as was I, and to my four best startups, my four boys, Drew, Travis, Casey, and Gavin, two of whom are here today. As the first person in my family to attend college, I received a BS in French here at Georgetown University, with a year at La Sorbonne in Paris, A JD from University of Maryland School of Law, and ultimately an MS in Management from the MIT Sloan School of Management. And as you said, I've been an adjunct professor teaching leadership at UCLA Anderson Business School of Management. I obviously believe education is the great equalizer. I believe in the opportunity to succeed through hard work, determination, and initiative. In other words, I believe in the American dream. Therefore, I am deeply honored to be here and incredibly touched to have the opportunity, if confirmed, to give back to and serve my country. This year marks the 100th anniversary of the U.S. entry into World War I. Beginning in 1917, American and French soldiers fought side by side and died together in defense of a free and peaceful Europe. President Trump's visit to Paris in July as President Macron's guest of honor during the National Day celebrations commemorating the centennial anniversary of this U.S. entry into the war was a vivid reminder of that sacrifice in defense of our common values. A few decades later, in 1941, the United States went to war again, and Americans once more fought and died to defend and liberate European allies. One of those soldiers was my uncle killed in action at the age of 27, leaving behind two young babies. Having grown up listening to my mostly stoic father tearfully reminisce whenever he spoke of his older brother, and having been extremely close to my grandmother, I have always felt a special connection to Europe and to the purpose for which my uncle gave his life. The thought of serving as an ambassador in Europe, therefore, is particularly personal for me and my family, and it would be the greatest honor of my life if confirmed for this position. Following World War I and World War II, America's alliance with France has only grown stronger as we, together with France and our other allies, founded NATO to ensure a secure, free, and prosperous future for our descendants. If confirmed, I pledge to do everything in my power to continue to nurture a crucial alliance with France. And together we will address challenges to our global security, including ensuring a strong and capable NATO alliance, combating terrorism, hastening the defeat of ISIS, countering Russian malign influence, stepping up pressure on North Korea, and improving nuclear security. In fact, France is our most capable and willing ally in support of the global coalition to defeat ISIS in Syria and Iraq through airstrikes, aircraft carrier deployments, and training of operational forces on the ground, through defeat ISIS efforts in Libya, and through its lead in sub-Saharan Africa, where it combats violent extremism and illicit trafficking through Operation Barkhane. France is in support of countering Iran's malign activities, including development of nuclear weapons capabilities and advocates for security policy reform at the EU level, leading efforts to tighten border security and promote better information sharing among member states to meet evolving terrorist threats. France, along with Germany, participates in the Normandy format to negotiate a peaceful resolution to the conflict in eastern Ukraine, as well, France is a key partner in America's prosperity, and if confirmed, I will work assiduously to promote American exports to France and French investments in the United States. Today, France is the fifth largest investor in the U.S. and our eighth largest trading partner. French investment in the U.S. supports approximately 574,000 jobs, over a billion dollars in commercial transactions take place every single day between our two countries. As someone who has long been involved in business ventures myself, including as the (laughs) co-owner, president, and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers, as well as through my investments in high-value real estate, biotech ventures, technology startups, and even art, I would like to further expand this relationship to provide new business opportunities. Additionally, if confirmed, I look forward to nurturing our relationship with the Principality of Monaco and working together with His Serene Highness Prince Albert and his government to further our joint objectives. Monaco has been a trusted partner for the United States in advancing our shared interest in a secure and prosperous world. Moreover, the Department of State's highest calling is to protect U.S. citizens abroad. The horrific terror attacks in France that claimed the lives of innocent people and injured countless others including Americans are a stark reminder of our overarching duty to protect our citizens. If confirmed, I will consider my primary responsibility to ensure the safety and security of the embassy community and of all U.S. citizens in France and Monaco. I assure you our mission and its staff will have no higher priority. If confirmed, I will lead the mission to do everything possible to support French efforts to prevent another tragedy. To this end, I will seek to deepen U.S.-French counterterrorism cooperation and information sharing so that violent extremists in Europe will not be able to threaten the U.S. homeland. In closing, The U.S. partnership and alliance with France is a cornerstone of our cooperation with Europe. Drawing on the strength of the entire U.S. government, including the dedicated officers of our U.S. Foreign Service, and the many talented individuals representing multiple agencies of our government in France, I would, if confirmed, work every day to advance our mutual interest in a secure and prosperous world. Thank you again for the opportunity to appear before you today. I look forward to answering your questions, and if confirmed, I look forward to working with all of you to further enhance the relationship between the United States and France and Monaco.
0: Thank you, Ms. McCourt. Uh, Last but not least, our final nominee is Mr. Edward McMullen, Jr. Mr. McMullen is the President's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Mr. McMullen has served in public policy, political, and business positions for over 30 years. He is currently president of McMullen Public Affairs, a full-service advertising and corporate public affairs company. His firm's clients have included several Fortune 100 companies. Mr. McMullen has been appointed to serve on key South Carolina statewide boards and commissions. Mr. McMullen.
8: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Chairman Johnson, Ranking Member Murphy, and members of the committee. I'd also like to thank uh, Senator Graham for his kind introduction. He is a good friend, and I'm thankful he took the time to be here. It is an honor and quite humbling to be with you today as the President's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Thank you for this opportunity to offer my thoughts and to answer any questions that you may have. There are many who have joined me in this journey, and I would like to express my love and thanks to my wife of 28 years, Margaret Ann, who is here today, Our two children, Thomas and Catherine, are in Charleston and Los Angeles with career and college commitments, and my parents' in-laws, extended family and friends, including my Hampton-Sydney College professors, all of whom selflessly inspired me in ways that made today possible. I consider it a great privilege, if confirmed by the Senate, to represent our country in Switzerland and Liechtenstein, to articulate the President's and Congress's positions on pressing international issues, and foster at every opportunity improved diplomatic relations and deeper economic and cultural connections. Happily, in the case of Switzerland and Liechtenstein, we build on a very strong foundation. In 1995, I visited Switzerland for the second time. After being selected to be a part of the American Swiss Foundation's Young Leaders Program, I joined an accomplished group of young Americans and Swiss business and political leaders who inspired my interest and love for this impressive country and her people. The program was comprehensive and participants interacted directly with Swiss business and government from the highest level CEOs to important government officials. Please allow me to offer a few observations about Switzerland since I come from the private sector. I'll start with a private sector fact that I hope you'll find as impressive as I do. Switzerland is the seventh largest direct investor in the United States. This from a country the size of Maryland and a population of eight million people. This one fact tells us a lot about Switzerland. Not at least of all that the Swiss have found a great formula for success. But this also tells us that Swiss companies are creating jobs in the United States and that there is extensive and mutually beneficial economic activity between our countries and I look forward to having the opportunity to build on that if confirmed by the Senate. However, our ties are not only economic. Switzerland is a constitutional republic. Its constitution is modeled on ours. We share common values, including respect for rule of law and the notion that government is responsible to the people. Switzerland is neutral, but it is a natural friend because of the values and constitutional principles that we share To the extent there are areas of dispute and conflict, we share a common vocabulary for its resolution. This is an area where the Swiss excel. In international relations, Swiss good offices have proved vitally important over and over. It is important that the US work closely with Switzerland in addressing a wide variety of international challenges. One final observation. Switzerland is an acknowledged superpower in both applied and basic research. It's not an accident that European nuclear research entity CERN and its Hadron Collider are located in Switzerland, or that the Swiss have shrewdly placed a research-centric consulate, literally halfway between Harvard and MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. If confirmed, I will work to build ever closer ties between the United States, Swiss, and Liechtensteiner communities particularly in their research area, particularly in promoting also apprenticeships between our, two, our three countries. I recognize that a key role for the U.S. ambassador is to explain American foreign policy as it is defined by the president. Part of doing that, if confirmed, will be to reach out and directly communicate with Swiss officials, business people, and citizens. I am confident my prior experience in public relations and communications will prove helpful and I commit to you that I will devote the time and energy necessary to mastering the details of my job. I also commit to ensure that if confirmed, the concerns of this committee will be heard and respected. Before closing, I'd like to note that if confirmed, I will eagerly draw on the strength of the entire U.S. government, including the devoted officers of our U.S. Foreign Service and the many talented individuals representing multiple agencies of our federal government. While serving as part of our mission in Switzerland, I would, if confirmed as ambassador, endeavor to deepen our partnership so as to respond effectively to regional and global challenges. I am profoundly grateful for the opportunity to serve our great country in a new and demanding capacity. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Members of the Committee, thank you, and I would be very pleased to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, Mr. McMullen. I want to thank all of you for your opening statements. I've got just kind of a basic opening question here, and we'll start with Congressman Holkstra. Can you just, as you, if, if confirmed, if you enter this position, can you tell me really what your top priority will be as ambassador to the country you'll be representing?
4: The, uh, the top priority would be making sure that the post in Hague uh, is a very effective functioning team to make sure that the other priorities that we're working on, whether it's economic cooperation and development, Uh, between us and the Netherlands, national security, uh, cooperation, and those types of things, fighting the war on extremism, uh, that we can effectively execute each of those three missions. But the bottom line is we need an effective team uh, working together in The Hague.
0: Mr. Buchan.
5: Thank you, Senator, for that question. Um, As we all know, Spain has been a tremendous ally for a very long time of America. Um, my priorities would be not, first and foremost to protect American people in Spain, then security and economic prosperity are two two areas I'd like to work on, and as well as cultural and arts. But I, I I do think there's a lot to do in both security and particularly economic prosperity, and those would be my two primary focuses, as well as anything else the administration would ask me to do.
0: Mr. Grinnell,
6: thank you, Senator. Uh, My top priority is going to be uh, security and safety for embassy and consular staff, first and foremost. Um, After that, I think the German-U.S. relationship is so strong that I want to further the ties in every area, (coughs) whether it be economic uh, prosperity, information sharing, human rights. Uh, I I think I'm lucky in that this bond that we have with the Germans is very strong, and I want to make sure that we, uh, we make it even stronger.
0: Ms. McCourt.
7: For certain, the very top priority is to assure the safety of those in the mission and then all Americans in all of France, and also to prevent what, to the extent possible, and to work towards preventing anything happening to the U.S. homeland. That said, it's obvious that counterterrorism and countering global security issues is of the utmost importance, including supporting NATO, and thereafter promoting trade and investment, which I know is high on the administration's agenda.
0: Mr. McMullen.
8: Uh, Senator, I I think uh, continuing to build on the swiss Liechtenstein, us relationship is critical. And in doing that, if you look at the economic side with jobs, the president has made job creation a major component of his administration. Swiss investment in the U.S. with 480,000 jobs, many of which are high-tech, great jobs that pay well over 100000 in salary. I think this is an area that we really can expand, and I look forward to working with Swiss business, Liechtensteiner business, and investing in the U.S., continuing that investment and building on it.
0: So l- let's go down the line again in terms of what is the top area of cooperation economically with those countries. Uh, Congressman Holkstra.
4: Well, the, the Dutch cooperate with us on a number of areas in terms of the economy, whether it's agricultural issues, uh, technology issues, water management, uh, and those types of things. Uh, those are the areas where we've cooperated and I think uh, provide an opportunity for additional uh, investment,
5: additional uh, exploration. Mr. Buchan. Thank you, Senator. Um, no, the Spaniards um, have have um, been very um, active investing in banking, construction, consumables, et cetera, it'd be my goal to continue to work along those industries. And I think, in particular, there's an opportunity in energy, and that's an area that I would really like to pursue.
0: Mr. Grinnell.
6: I would say the first two are, are energy specifically, um, liquid natural gas, and expand the auto trade. As you know, uh, Senator, there's an enormous German trade surplus and uh, I look forward to the Commerce Department coming out with a report later on that trade deficit report, which would give us a lot more information.
0: Ms. McCourt,
7: France has a broad goods and services reach, and I would say that certainly it reaches into the airspace and the military space, the IT space, the pharma space, and definitely increasingly in the energy space.
0: Mr. McMullen.
8: Mr. Chairman, I think trade uh, with Switzerland is, for a small country the size of Maryland, is pretty impressive. And when you look at the types of trade, it's pharmaceuticals, aerospace, gold, chemicals, and something that Americans seem to enjoy, their Rolex and their Patek Philips. So I think that is one of the great Swiss uh, uh, assets that we've got, and it's a major trading uh, opportunity for the U.S.
0: Okay, well, thank you. I've efficiently used my time, uh, Senator Murphy.
3: Uh, Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I enjoyed all of your opening comments. Again, appreciate your willingness to serve. Um, uh, Mr. McCourt, let me uh, start with you. Um, Russia uh, used uh, very familiar cyber espionage tactics to try to manipulate France's recent national election uh, tactics that we saw employed here in the United States in 2016. Unfortunately, um, nearly half of U.S. voters today do not believe that Russia interfered in the 2016 election, largely because our president regularly calls reports of that interference a hoax. Um, So I wanted to ask you two questions. One, um, what is your personal view of the extent of Russia's interference in the 2016 election? Do you believe it happened? Uh, And if so, what do you think that we can do with France to make sure that it doesn't happen again, either here or in France.
7: Thank you for your question, Senator. By all accounts from multiple intelligence agencies, it appears that Russia attempted to interfere with our elections. That's my personal view. As to what can be done about it in terms of working with France, I believe we need to leverage our information sharing. We need to share watch lists. We need to um, deal with anything that comes across our way that further enhances relationships so that we can figure out where these things are coming from. And the cyber issue is a huge issue.
3: Uh, Thank you for that response. I would add to that having a coordinated strategy of repercussions uh, for uh, Russian individuals and Russian entities that have tried to uh, interfere in both of our elections. I think that'll be a key uh, point of cooperation with the French as well. Um, Mr. Grinnell, you and I had the chance to talk about this subject, and I want to bring it up in open session. You have had a lot of experience that prepares you uh, for uh, this very important role being uh, ambassador uh, to one of the United States' key transatlantic allies. Um, but there are few professions that probably prepare you worse for being a diplomat than being a cable news commentator. Um, and uh, you... Um, Uh, in that role, or connected to that role, um, have said some very uh, inflammatory things um, that will be brought with you, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, as you uh, seek to represent the United States of America in Germany. Um, In particular, um, there is a litany of very derogatory comments about women's personal appearances in uh, uh, your portfolio. Um, I'm not going to read through them, but they include derogatory comments about uh, personal appearances of Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, Calista Gingrich, uh, Rachel Maddow. Um, do you regret making these statements? Um, and um, do you understand the concern that some of us have uh, about uh, these inflammatory statements coming with you as you seek to represent the United States as a whole um, in, uh, in Germany?
6: Thank you, Senator, for that question and for the uh, chance and opportunity to to speak to it. Uh, First of all, let me say I I never want to be mean. I'm not that guy. Um, It's certainly never my intentions to hurt anyone's feelings. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a very caring person and very sensitive person, and I also appreciate good humor. Unfortunately, there are times where what was intended to be humorous turned out to be not so humorous. And again, that was uh, never my intention, and I regret that, and wanna make sure that um, you understand that I I view my career in two different phases. One, uh, for almost 16 years as a US official working for state and local international, uh, uh, international work that includes eight years at the UN. In that capacity, I um, understood that when you are speaking as a U.S. official, it's not your opinion that you are pushing, but it's a well thought out U.S. policy. Uh, I can simply say that uh, going back into the State Department, I look forward to um, taking on that role again where it's a well thought out U.S. policy, not my personal opinion.
3: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Grinnell. If uh, me to ask one quick uh, question of Mr. Buchan. Um, You uh, rightly reference the important counterterrorism work that we have to do with Spain. Do you have any um, thoughts um, in your preparation for this role about the importance of um, information sharing within Europe uh, with respect to terrorist threats and the importance uh, of uh, the United States pressing the Europeans um, to talk to each other in a much more coordinated way? Um, to make sure that the information that we're ultimately getting is the result of a collaborative process. The bilateral relationship is important, but pressing um, our European partners to work better in coordination, especially those like Spain that are uh, under direct counterterrorism threat, seems important as well. I wanted to raise that issue with you uh, to see if you had considered it.
5: Uh, Thank you, Senator Murphy. What I do know is that the information sharing between Spain and the United States is quite strong. (laughs) Again, they've been a tremendous ally and friend. Um, So I believe that relationship's there. Certainly in all situations, there's room for improvement. Um, To the extent that that, uh, the administration or uh, senators such as yourself viewed as this as a high priority, of course I will do my best to execute on that. As far as specifics between Spain and the rest of Europe, candidly, I haven't had privy to that information at this point in time. But if it's important to people in the administration and people in this room, we certainly will make it a top priority. And again, thank you for that question.
9: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Kane. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and congratulations to each of the nominees. Um, not only is it a real honor to carry the title of ambassador should you be confirmed but you're also going to work with great people and i'll tell you something that i always do when i travel i I go to missions and i ask to meet with first and second tour foreign service officers without the ambassador president so these are people who are new in their career at the state department and this is what i say to them i say congratulations you've you've gotten a job that is really hard to get what will make the difference between you staying at this job and making a career out of it, or leaving after a few years. And then I don't have to say anything more, and we have about a two-hour discussion that's fascinating. Not anybody has yet said, you got to change up my ambassador. That's going to be the make or break. They they instead (coughs) bring up all kinds of issues, um, and a lot of them kind of go to an issue that I hope you'll all be mindful of if you are confirmed, and that is they, they say to me some version of this, it was really hard to get this job, and I had to go through pretty intense security vetting to do it, and now I'm in the job, but I get micromanaged, so like to order five pencils, I have to take a lie detector test. If you trusted me enough to vet me to do the job, trust me enough to do the job. And I think you have this great group of people who are just, have the sky's the limit in terms of what they can do and the effectiveness, and they sometimes feel really weighted down by the kinds of things that often happen in large organizations. So just please recognize the quality of the people you have in your various posts and let them be all they can be. I'm going to confine my question, Mr. Buchan, because uh, this U.S.-Spain relationship is really important to me, too, and you have a really great background for this position. There is a 501c3 organization called the U.S.-Spain Council that was created in the 1990s, and the tradition is that the U.S. Chair is a senator and the Spanish Chair is an industrialist. Currently, I'm the U.S. Chair completing my fourth and final year as chair. The Spanish Chair, um, José Manuel Entre is the CEO of... Axiona, which is a large Spanish infrastructure firm. It was created at a time when the relationship had challenges. Spain was having fairly common street protests and riots about whether they should stay in NATO. And over the course of the 25 years of the organization, it has really built up to be a very effective organization. We just had our annual meeting this past weekend in Williamsburg, and we had Secretary Mattis talking about the future of NATO. We had the Spanish-American chef, Jose Andres, talking about shared culture. It's really turned into something strong. The U.S. Ambassador to Spain is always participates. The king and queen of Spain often participate. And so I would just hope to see you in your capacity as ambassador, Mr. Buchan, should you be confirmed in, in future year's meetings. And then really just one question I think that's an opportunity, a really important one for the U.S. and Spain right now. I know Prime Minister Rajoy was with the president yesterday and the Oval Office, by all accounts, that meeting went well. And the opportunity that I think is a shared one is Puerto Rico. So obviously Spain and the United States both have deep, deep historical connections to Puerto Rico. Uh, Spain through the settlement in the 1530s, uh, Puerto Ricans are Americans and have been since the early 1900s. Puerto Ricans volunteer and serve in our military to a degree virtually more than just about any other state, patriotic Americans who are suffering one of the worst humanitarian crises. Uh, in any part of this country, probably in our history. Um, there's going to be a tremendous need to rebuild Puerto Rico, infrastructure, hospitals, electricity, ports, airports, roads. Spaniards are excellent at infrastructure. Um, the The chair of the U.S. Spain Council is an infrastructure guy. The, one of the three topics that we had this weekend in Williamsburg was about infrastructure. The Virginia does public-private partnerships in a really interesting way. I did when I was governor, and often it was the Spaniards who were the contracting firms and the Australians who would figure out how to finance the deals, and we would do these projects in Virginia. I think there is a, is a critical humanitarian need to, to really be firm in our commitment to the Americans in Puerto Rico and to help rebuild. And I think the Spaniards not only have expertise but have a real deep cultural interest in this. And there might be some wonderful opportunities right out of the gate for U.S. Ambassador to work together to help forge partnerships to do it. And I just wanted to put that on the table and say I think there's going to be a great opportunity immediately, and I would love to work together with you on a matter like that, should you be confirmed. Uh, Thank you,
5: Senator Kane. Um, I, too, agree that there's a great opportunity here. Um, We can we can certainly address the human needs, and, and it's all about building bridges, in my opinion, and making human connection. And this, is, this sounds like a great idea, and uh, we know that some of the largest construction and infrastructure firms in the world are based in Spain. We also know that some of those are based in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to working uh, with you and whomever else on this, uh, this, this fantastic idea, and, and thank you for
10: that. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mr. Chair. Senator Markey. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, very much, and uh, congratulations to uh, each of you on, the, on this nomination. Uh, Jamie McCord I've known for decades, and uh, her background is very diverse. She brings um, a life of very, very um, uh, interesting uh, and, I think, instructive life's experience that can help her uh be uh, a very good ambassador for our country to france um one of her sons she talked about her four sons as startups one of them was an intern in my office uh, 10 years ago so i've known the family for um a long time um and uh so i i guess I, my first question I'll, I'll just throw to you because uh you're arriving just as uh, president macron Uh, is really beginning his presidency and saying that he wants to reinvigorate the EU, that he wants to reexamine its institutions. And uh, the people on this committee do believe in a strong EU-American partnership. Uh, It's been basically the cornerstone of civilization since uh, uh, World War II. Uh, Can you talk about what you think the role of the United States can be in partnering with France to strengthen the EU in the years ahead?
7: First, Senator, thank you for those wonderful words. I hope I live up to it, should I be confirmed. And second, yes, I'd love to address your question. I think where we share a lot of value and values is with free trade. And I know that President Macron is a strong advocate of free trade within the EU and puts a lot of pressure on others in the EU in that regard, and I think that's incredibly helpful. I think that there's a great respect for goods, trade services, capital, and all of the things that we also care about, and I think (laughs) that it's very important that we work together to ensure that there's a very healthy trade between the EU and the United States.
10: Thank you. Um, Mr. Grinnell, um, Russia uh, uh, has an increasingly aggressive military posture. They're in violation of the INF agreement. Um, uh, This increased um, uh, tension is something that's obviously going to require U.S. and German partnership uh, in order to deal with um, this changing Putin- era defense um, view of uh, our relationship. Can you give us some sense of how you uh, perceive the INF issue? Um, what you would encourage the Germans to do in response to those violations, um, and uh, and how you might think that we could achieve that in a, in a partnership between our country and the Germans?
6: Thank you, Senator, for that question. Um, I- I would first start by saying I spent eight years at the UN uh, working with EU three and Germany very closely. So the Germans, the, uh, the British and the French, I think are uh, very keen on working together despite the issues that uh, the EU are going through right now. I think we can rely on those three to really confront uh, the Russia issue. Um, I've been very encouraged by uh, Chancellor Merkel, Um, even through this election with the possible uh, coalition that is forming, there is a very clear um, – they're they're all united, no matter what the coalition uh, comes out to be, that Russia uh, must be stopped, that the NATO alliance, that the European alliance is crucial – um, I, I look forward to working with the Germans to strengthen that. I know we've had some issues, and I know Congress has some very specific issues on, on NATO spending, and I look forward to working with the Germans to increase that as well.
10: Could you, could you speak specifically to this INF issue, however, uh, which is a cornerstone of security in uh, the European theater?
6: Sure. Uh, Senator, I, I look forward to working with the team at the German mission, I look forward to working with the State Department on this issue. This is one issue that um, we have not been fully briefed on and what I would want to do is have a very well thought out U.S. policy on that. Okay,
10: great. Thank you, you, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thanks, Senator Markey. Uh, Senator Murphy does have a couple extra questions.
3: Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman. Just a few additional questions. Um, uh, Congressman Hoekster, good to see you. I would like to think that I set a trend here. I got to introduce my 2012 Senate opponent uh, before uh, the the committee that was considering her nomination to be the administrator of the SBA. And so I was glad to have Senator Stabenow out here with you today, uh, giving you a similar ringing endorsement um uh, here's my only question for you uh, I mentioned in my opening remarks that you know our unique partnership with Europe um, and the Netherlands uh, is clearly um, uh, an important ally in Europe is based on interests and values um, and uh, the Netherlands have uh, some of the most progressive laws on LGBT rights in the world uh, your personal and political views on that subject might not match up with those, um, that are enshrined in, uh, in the law there. Um, can, um, can, can you just, can you just speak to that issue, uh, and the concern that some of us may have about sending an ambassador, uh, who may bring with him or her, uh, a record on an issue that's very important to, uh, your host country views you sure. may not share?
4: Yeah, I mean the the Dutch and the the United States share a tradition of hu- defending human rights, uh the value, the dignity of every individual. And so while my personal views uh may differ from where the Dutch uh where the Dutch have moved in terms of their public policy, uh the bottom line is my Personal respect and value uh, that I have for every single human being, I think, matches the Dutch very, very well. We may differ on some political processes or some political implementation of those values, but the fundamental respect for every individual is consistent. And as you know, if confirmed, my value, or my job as the ambassador, is not to go and try to influence those. It's to respect the decisions that they have made that they believe are most appropriate for their country, and I will respect their decisions.
3: Uh, well said, thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Grenell. One final question on, uh, on on policy, not on not on style. Uh, one of um, the constant challenges in our relationship with Germany is making sure that they both walk the walk and talk the talk on the issue of energy independence. Uh, Ultimately, Russia's uh, ability to uh, manipulate continental affairs in Europe is related to their uh, continued uh, ability to send large amounts of petroleum products um, into Europe. Uh, and one of the ways they are seeking to tighten that grip is a new pipeline um, called Nord Stream 2 uh, that would essentially allow them to circumvent Ukraine. Um, thus, frankly, increasing their leverage uh, and de- over Ukraine, decreasing Ukraine's potential leverage over Russia. I um, just want to ask if you're familiar with this uh, product and, and how you see advocacy on the issue of stopping Nord Stream 2 um, uh, as, uh, as part of your, your mission.
6: Thank you, Senator, for that question. Um, yes, uh, I am familiar with this issue, and I view it very much as a security issue. Uh, I think we can really make the case that having um, a a broader energy policy for the Germans and for all of Europe is better for security. I look forward to making that case, working with the State Department, and I know the mission in Berlin is uh, focused on it as well.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thanks, Senator Murphy. Um, Again, I want to thank all of our witnesses, uh, your willingness to serve, your families. Um, Being ambassador of the United States to these nations is, is a critical job. Uh, you need to re- represent American values to those countries, but it's also important that you, rec- that you uh, recognize you have to uh, represent their viewpoint back to the United States. It's really a two-way street. So uh, I was struck by, in my meetings with all of you, and I appreciate the time you took, that uh, you have a great affinity for the countries that you've been nominated to, to represent, uh, many of you speak fluently the languages, which is gonna be extremely helpful. So I do commend President Trump on five, I think very qualified, uh, decent human beings that are gonna be our America's representatives as ambassadors to these nations. So again, thank you for your willingness to serve and sacrifice. Uh, With that, the hearing record will remain open for two days until September 29th at 5 p.m. for the submission of statements and questions for the record. This hearing is adjourned.